Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. On the last episode of Vote Your Conscience, we went over the difference between legal rights, human rights, and natural rights, and the differences that I believe are between them, and um, how I believe that compassion has misled most of us to, you know, misunderstand what our rights actually are and what the difference between rights and human rights and then social benefits are. So if you're interested in hearing my opinion on that, please take a listen to episode 18. We are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore and i will have that in the show notes and i also have a personal twitter and an instagram as well that'll be in the show notes too and of course i would appreciate it if any of you could leave a review on the uh, podcasting platforms for us and now that that's out of the way we'll get started on this episode on this episode we're going to go over what i believe our taxation system should look like so Basically, you know, we have all these different taxes that the legislatures have come up with on the state level and then the federal level, you know, as well that our Congress has implemented. And basically, our biggest tax is income tax. And what I think is that we shouldn't have an individual income tax. So I want to see the federal government be as small as possible, so as large as necessary to do, you know, some of the actions that we need them for, like military, road building, organizing between, you know, states, and, but they've grown so much larger than it was ever meant to be. So in my opinion, the most power would start at the local level, and then a little bit less power to the state and then much less power to the federal government. And the reason that I believe this is that the laws in your local community are going to affect you the most. And then at the state level, you know, you live in that state, so the laws there can still be relatively powerful because it's only over, you know, a smaller area relative to the entire United States. So, and then the people in Washington, D.C. having power over us is just crazy to me having more power than the states because they're so far away from us all the people in the congress um the national congress you know only two of them from the senate are going to be from your state and then depending on your population you know you could have any number of house members but still the majority the vast majority of the people in the congress are going to be from other states that really don't have that much interest in your life. So basically, that's the reason that I think that, you know, the power should reside at the local level and then trickle down to or trickle up to, you know, the federal level. So I have gone over that in past episodes about um, where I think the power should reside, you know, from local to state and then to federal from there. And, uh, you know, that's why I think that we should have a change in our tax system as well, because the federal government gets so much money and they have so much power because of the taxes that they receive through income tax. And I just believe that they should be smaller 
but even if you believe they should be the same size as they are now um basically i have a vision for you know what federal taxes could look like and a whole different idea about it so um, i'll just go over that really quick what i think what we could have is a revenue tax on businesses so no individual income tax it would just be businesses paying tax on revenue generated so it wouldn't be profit it would only be on revenue that they brought in so every dollar that a company brings in would be taxed so I would prefer it to be a very low tax rate five percent um, right now if you wanted to make it equal to about what the federal government gets today it would have to be closer to 20 percent um, of all revenue and that's just I'm just basing that off of what the GDP is and what our federal government spends because basically there's multiple different ways to calculate the GDP and I will put a link in the show notes um, about the GDP and the way that we're looking at it uh, here is the income calculation for GDP so basically all transactions that take place in America in the market um, between businesses and individuals would be the gross domestic product or basically our overall economy of how much money is spent and received and off of the revenue based model that I'm talking about um, and I've never really heard anyone bring this up but I've been thinking about this for years and what I think is that if we had a revenue based model for income tax federally the federal government would stay the same size relative to the economy so the the government is always vying for power over corporations and corporations are doing the same to get power over the government so in this model there's no incentive for the government to try to um you know get more taxes out of business the only way that they would be able to get more taxes is if the economy actually grows so the government would stay the same size relative to the overall economy right now the government spends you know a lot more than what they used to as a percentage of GDP so what I would want is to reduce them initially if uh, my wishes were granted but since that's probably not the case even being able to keep them at this level of power instead of allowing them to grow even larger and at this point I'm just talking about with capital you know only in dollar amounts but the dollar amounts are really what allows the government to grow I mean without more dollars they can't hire more workers they can't hire more people they can't build more buildings and start new departments so they need the money and if they weren't receiving more money every year you know as a percentage of GDP as the economy grows the government would grow because the government has to manage a larger population a larger you know uh, business infrastructure so that would make sense that the government the federal government even would grow as our nation grows as our population grows as more businesses you know open up even if our population came to a halt we're still becoming better at creating things and you know buildings so we will still need more infrastructure 
Um, that's a whole different topic, you know. Obviously, if our population stalled, there would be other issues, but I'm just saying that there will still be economic growth, and the government needs to be larger in order to manage that. I already believe that they're too big compared to the overall economy, and I'll give an example of that. I think I've brought it up in past episodes, but... Um, our federal government, their actual income from the IRS is between like $3.5 trillion and $4 trillion. Our overall GDP is a little bit over $20 trillion. So just to make the math simple, let's just do $4 trillion and 20 And that would mean that the federal government does a fifth of all transactions so monetary wise they have the power of a fifth of our entire economy so when you think about every business that you see every individual that you see out there the government's income is as large as all of those companies combined divided by five so a fifth of that to me that's way too much power for the government to have i don't understand why they would ever get a fifth of all of the resources you know at their disposal for our entire country so then on top of that they also can print extra money or request money from the federal reserve banking system and they take out loans so we run at a deficit every year. You know, the deficit last year was a little over a trillion dollars. The deficit during COVID in 2020 was $4 trillion. They spent 7 to $8 trillion that year. So that year, the federal government alone was about a third of the entire spending in our whole country. So um, this is why what I mean by our government is too big, uh, the federal government, and it's not just the federal government, though, because if you think about the states also take taxes and the states also have power too, monetary power. When you add up all of the states and the federal government and the localities, I mean, each city has different taxes and incomes and they make up almost 50 percent of our economy. So I know a lot of people like to argue with me online about, you know, governance uh, needing to be there and who's going to build the roads, you know, if there's not a government. Well, I don't care if the government builds the roads. That's fine. Also, even without government, communities can still come together and we can make plans for roads. You know, even with government um, taxation, there's still a lot of freeways that have tolls anyway. So those tolls would just be higher and only the people that use those roads would be taxed on it. There's also gas taxes that pay for roads. And, you know, people think that income tax pays for them, but the majority of the roads are paid by gas taxes and tolls anyway. Um, and we can make stuff work like that. But also, if the government was just building roads, you know, and doing military, they wouldn't need 50% of all of our resources. So... When you, it's when you add up the federal government and all the state governments and then all the local governments. I mean, it's, it's not this every year, you know, during COVID. Obviously, they spent a lot more than they normally did at the federal level and even at state levels as well. But, you know, 40 to 50% of all of our resources going to the government is completely unacceptable to me. Maybe if they provided the things that 
a lot of liberals want them to provide like education well you know furthering education into college since we already have public schools up to grade 12 and then um you know universal health care uh just getting people off the streets and building them homes even you know if they were providing all of these things with this money they were actually doing it they were solving all this crime in the inner cities and they were you know getting homeless people homes they were helping with drug addiction they you know if they got all these things done i would say that's fine they can have 50% of you know the resources because they're they're using them well but everyone i know whether they're left or right believes that the government is just massively wasteful and they're constantly making the wrong decisions about where our money should go and they're not solving the problems they're not giving the people what they want anyway on either side so the main point that i have is that we just give way too much money to the government so if it was up to me we wouldn't have an income tax our government would be much smaller and they would have to fund the military you know which is only one trillion dollars out of that four trillion dollar budget which like last year they spent five trillion so it's still only a fifth of the budget what else did they do with the other 80 percent of the budget so even if we had to you know if they still need the military and roads i understand that we could still reduce the amount of money and resources that the government takes from us by you know 60 70 percent and that would leave that money in the pockets of citizens, of individuals to make their own decisions on what is important to use that money for. Um, so I got a little off track there because I'm trying to go over the you know revenue model that I want implemented, and this would you know could this could satisfy both sides of people who don't want an income tax and also say that the federal government needs to be large enough to take care of a lot of these issues. And we can argue over what the percentage rate of this revenue tax is because, you know, like in my opinion, you know, 5% would be nice. The government, the federal government could be a 20th the size of the entire economy, um, and that would be fine with me. Well, some people want it to be a lot larger than that. So maybe we go to 10%, 15%, or even 20% if you're on the extreme side and you want the government to be a fifth of you know, what the overall economy is in monetary power. How this revenue model would work is that only the businesses would pay this tax. So I believe that this would solve a lot of our taxation problems because right now the way that tax is collected is... Um, pretty wild to me because individuals have to pay income taxes for working for a business for receiving dollars. The business is legally obligated to withhold those taxes from you. So in my business, I have to withhold the dollars from my employees. When I pay my employees, I don't get to. I wish I could pay them their entire check and then the employee could deal with the taxes themselves not only so that i don't have to deal with them because in my model the businesses still have to deal with the taxes because you have the revenue tax so it's not because i don't want to deal with them which i would prefer not to of course but it's because i believe that that employee has the right to their own money 
So if my employee makes $1,000, I have to withhold, you know, let's say their tax rate's 20%, then I have to withhold $200 from them and give them $800. They never even get to see that money. So depending on, you know, the income, they might get some of that back in their tax return, you know, at the end of the year. But I still can't even, legally, I'm obligated to withhold the money. So I can't even give them that money. So is it really their money? I mean, it's taken before they even get it. And this is the problem that I have. If employees got that money, and then they had to do their own taxes, and they had to pay those taxes like I do on a monthly basis. So I have to pay payroll tax on a monthly basis. I have to withhold all of that money and then pay it to the government on a monthly basis. So it's not my money. It's the employee's money that I'm withholding. The business also pays uh, payroll tax on top of the employee's taxes as well, but even without that, the employees never get to see that money until whatever the IRS deems is, you know, their tax rate, and then maybe they'll get a return. Maybe they didn't uh, get enough money withheld, and then they'll actually owe money at the end of the year. Um, but when you're an employee, that's somewhat rare as long as you, uh, you know, sign up for your withholding correctly. But my main point is that if employees had to pay their own taxes, so you gave them that $1,000 and then they had to make a check, you know, for $200 to the IRS, our tax rate would be extremely low because Americans would see that amount of money that they actually have to pay. I know they can see it on their pay stubs, but it's not the same as physically having that money and then having to send it to the IRS. So I believe that they made this law like this on purpose because it's advantageous to the government. It's advantageous to the IRS. If it was written the other way where the individual must be paid their wages, which is how I believe that it should be because that's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. Um, you know, they can choose to not pay the government and that's up to them. So they made it so that they never get to touch that money in the first place. The businesses are forced to withhold that money. So if the businesses are forced to withhold that money and those employees never get that money, it's really not those employees' money in the first place anyway. So I would say just have it as a revenue tax and then only the businesses pay the tax. So employees never have to think about an income tax ever. They don't get an income tax taken away from them. And this will mess with the wages. I mean, the wages would probably go down, but you're going to get the same amount or more because the... Um, businesses still have to pay that tax anyway, but you don't have to pay that income tax. So it would even out to some extent in the market anyway. And for what I'm advocating for, I wish the businesses would be able to keep even more money and the people would be able to keep more money. But at this um, rate of like 5 or 10%, you know, there'd be a lot more money for the businesses and for the employees. Um, at a rate of like 20%, like I said, it might be more even to what it is already with the way we have income tax set up. So with the revenue-based model, I think that it would solve a lot of those issues where individuals get to keep their money. The government can't grow out of control because it can only 
grow when the economy grows. So when there are more businesses taking in more dollars, that's when the government would grow to match those needs. They couldn't take more power. Now, there's another issue with that because they still have the ability to print money and the Congress is allowed to coin money. They're allowed to create money. Um, But without that, either way, they would have to use that method of getting money instead of getting money from the American people, which would still um, curb the amount of power that they could create without us understanding what they're doing. Because uh, you would see how much loans they're taking out, you know, and how, how the deficit would be so much larger, people wouldn't accept it. Um, another issue that I see that the revenue tax could solve is all these people are so upset at billionaires, millionaires, you know, hundred millionaires that are, they, people claim that they pay no tax. So, which isn't exactly true because, you know, like Jeff Bezos with Amazon, Amazon pays payroll taxes. So they have to pay billions of dollars in payroll taxes to all of their employees. They pay all sorts of other fees to all sorts of localities, different governments around the world even, but in America specifically, they pay all sorts of fees and taxes, and that's just the business. So Jeff Bezos you know, doesn't actually make income. It's just money that he has in value from the stocks, but that's a different point entirely because under my model, every dollar that Amazon took in would be taxed. Not that they made income on. Every dollar that came in, when you buy something for $10 from Amazon, you know, under my model, it'd be 5 or 10%, whatever it is. If it was, let's just say it's 10%, you know, out of every $10 purchase you make, a dollar would go to the government. And the incentive to hide the money, like a lot of corporations do today, would be lessened just because they would have to hide the money before the transaction occurred. So they couldn't manipulate what their income looks like because income isn't tracked so the way that corporations can get out of paying income tax you know there's all these different write-offs people claim that they're write-offs they're not really write-offs you just get to write off any expenses so if it's an expense it's not profit because the business spent the money so a lot of people don't seem to understand how businesses really function because If I make a $50,000 profit this year in my business, well, in December, I could spend $50,000 on advertising. If I spent $50,000 on advertising, that's an expense. Did I make any profit then? No, it went back into the business, but that $50,000 of advertising, I would be using that in hopes of generating more business to grow my business. So this is how businesses reduce what their income is because they spend more money to grow, which they should. So, you know, when someone says, oh, this business paid zero in taxes, well, they made no income. So they spent all of the money that came in. That's how the taxes work. Um, And that's why I'm completely against how income tax works. I don't believe that the people, the workers, should have to pay that tax. So it should be on the businesses that are going to have the economic impact and the economic gain. And that's the whole point. I don't care what your profit margins are. 
I care how much money you're bringing in. And every company would have to adjust for the same percentage. So every company would be on an equal playing field, tax-wise at least. Amazon would have to pay just as much as me. And of course, there will be weird loopholes and strategies to try and you know reduce that. But they will have to actually do something illegal because they would have to hide the money. Every dollar that comes in under the revenue tax that I'm talking about, you know, that percentage would have to come out of every dollar. So it's not income where they can manipulate what the income looks like by putting money in different countries, moving it around through different states that have different tax rates, all sorts of different things, putting, you know, transferring money. You you have companies registered in the Caribbean because they have lower tax rates and then they funnel that money through there you know, into over into different European countries, and then they don't have to pay tax because the money wasn't actually made there, even though it's really, you know, it's an American company that sells products in America, but the money, you know, the purchase point or whatever that was made online went to a different country. Under this one, it would just be every dollar that a business takes in would be taxed. So, I'm sure there would still have to be stuff worked out, you know, um, legal situations so that companies can't get around this. But right now we already have those same problems too. And this one I think is way more fair to the actual workers because they don't have to pay the income tax. And I don't believe that they should. They would be able to keep whatever money they get and they can actually see how much money they get. They're not just getting tricked by, you know, you get this paycheck like, Right now, most people receive their paycheck through direct deposit. People don't even, like, they don't even know how much they actually made because someone who makes, uh, let's say, $60,000 a year is $5,000 a month. So if someone makes $5,000 in that month and they get 20% taken away from them, you know, they're only going to receive $4,000. So when they see those deposits, they're going to get $1,000 in their bank account every week. When they talk to someone else about how much they make, they're going to say, oh, well, I made $1,000 this week. When in reality, they make they made $1,250, but the business had to withhold that $250 and then pay it into the government immediately before that employee even got to see that money. So that's basically what I wanted to cover today, just that, um, you know, income tax, uh, versus a revenue tax, which I still haven't heard anyone discuss an idea like this, but it just seems like it would be so much more effective than an income tax. And, you know, let's reduce that tax code that's 80,000 pages long and let's uh, simplify it and then have individuals not have that burden of figuring out how to do all these taxes. Um, and there's a lot more to that, and I'll definitely be covering that on. Uh, future episodes here but that's really all I have for today so just to recap you know the uh, I'm against the income based tax model and I'm advocating for a new tax model that would be a revenue tax where businesses only pay a tax on their revenue so every dollar that comes in they would pay a percentage on and what I would advocate for is five to ten percent some people might say we need 20 or more even. Um, but that's all I have for today. And uh, I would love to talk to you guys about this in the comments or DMs on Instagram. 
So go to the show notes and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I'll be putting some stuff in the show notes about like the GDP and a couple other sources that I have for this episode uh, to give you guys some more information about that. So that's where I'm going to close up for today, but um, I will be covering this topic more in depth over the coming episodes uh, because I do have um, very strong opinions about what our tax system should look like. As always, I'll end with a message of unity. When you're out there having conversations with your friends, family, and others in the community, just remember to have some compassion. You know, most of the people that are in our country are good people, and they do want the best for themselves, their family, and our country as well. They just have different opinions on how we're going to get there. And I know passions can run high during those kinds of conversations, but if you can keep in mind, you know, that this person just wants what's best for our country as well, then maybe we can actually have an understanding with each other about how to move forward in this country. So I just want you to remember this podcast is about having courage and compassion when you're having those difficult conversations and also when you're, you know, making your purchases and when you're at the polls. So I appreciate you listening. Feel free to reach out, DM me, or comment on social media. I'd love to talk to you. And remember to always vote your conscience.